What is happening, ladies and gentlemen? And thank you so much for tuning in to part two with my man Brady Leobold. And I'll tell you what, uh, the whole the whole part one. I mean, you have to understand uh, living in hell and and continuous continuously going back there. I mean, he talked about Hastings Street, and and I don't care what part of the country you're in. You know, there's that part of your 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 big cities that you just don't go to, and to live there. And, and, and to, I can't even imagine what's that, what that is like. But we're going to pick it up right around there. You know, um, you mentioned at the end of uh, segment one that you're getting back out on the ice, huh? You bet, man. Absolutely, I am. I'm playing this year for the Maxwell Mustangs up here. And uh, give a shout-out to my buddy, uh, Matt Thompson, who, uh, listen, I'll take a few minutes just to uh, – tell you a story about this guy i met him just a few months ago he, he reached out to me and uh you know he shared a story with me uh about a guy by the name of matthew Wazinski, who was best friend and uh played in the ohl just like you know darren mccarty did in, in the ontario hockey league which a lot of people in michigan would be familiar with um and this guy played for the sioux st marie greyhounds and uh had some had some you know things happen um you know struggled with mental health and addiction and he he passed away in 2017 to a fentanyl overdose. And, you know, I never got to meet Matthew Lazinski, but, you know, I got to learn of his story, like, very shortly after I started my my podcast because of Matt Thompson. And that was his best friend, right? And uh, so since then, Matt and I have become best friends. And, like, that's where I'm actually on my way to his place right now. And uh, he bought me all new hockey gear. He owns a senior men's team. He's, he's you know, he's just been a tremendous friend. And there's been so many people um, that have come into my life, um, not being one of them, but like, like I said to you, I, I didn't tell you this, but I have a new girlfriend that, that I've been with now for like a, almost a year and like she's pregnant. We're having a baby here any, any day, man, like any wow. couple weeks, couple weeks. So I'm having essentially it'd be my fourth kid. And, uh, I'm finally in the mindset now, like, you know, all my other kids, I was 21 when I had my last kid and now I'm 33. So a lot has changed. Um, and I'm really looking forward to, to being a dad again, but, you know, getting back on the ice, um, wow, what an experience, but I don't know about you, G, but like, what's the longest you've ever done without skateboarding? It, it, you know, when I was, when I was at, in, at the peak of when I drank, it might be a couple months in between, you know, uh, I would at least get out and roll around cause I was still trying to fake people out that I was okay. You know, and it gets to a point where you just can't do that anymore. So there, there would be months. Uh, you know, it might have been five or six months. You know, at one point uh, early in my pro career, I, I thought about quitting because it felt like a job and it wasn't fun anymore. That would have been a choice I made. But um, you know, when I was drinking and I couldn't even get off my couch, you know, for for a number of, of, of weeks and months. But um, you know, to get back on it, especially when you start getting your your uh, uh, faculties back together. And um, it's, it's, it's an amazing feeling because, you know, even right now for me, uh, getting out, uh, skating a vert ramp or skating this bowl or whatever, it's almost like the same feeling as when I was 12 years old. When I first started, it, it, it's incredible. It is truly incredible. And, um, you know, I, I, 
I, I, I can't eat. I, I, I talk a lot about I, I hope everybody on the planet has something like hockey for you, skateboarding for me. They, you have to have that. I can go and ride my skateboard for an hour and think of nothing else. You can tell me I'm going to die tomorrow, but if I can go skate for an hour, I won't even think about that because that's how, how it affects me physiologically, mentally, the whole part of it. Um, with you, you had quite an incredible uh, walk out into the woods the first time you stepped back on the ice. Uh, the story, when I read it, I was like, that's like freaking like Field of Dreams crap. Like, it was like movie yeah. stuff. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, so I'll, I'll, if you want the whole story, I mean, I can tell you like, if, if you want the actual story, and this is the truth. And so, you know, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know I was going to do a podcast. I didn't uh, really had no idea what I was going to do. I was uh, about three weeks, two weeks or three weeks clean, like not feeling very good. Um, But I was like broke. And I was like, my mind was still in that, the convoluted criminal mindset, even though I wasn't doing drugs, it was like, how am I going to get money? Like, so essentially I was like, I left my house in Muskoka, which is in the middle of nowhere with this plan of, which wasn't a plan at all, but in my mind, I was going to find a car to steal and, and just go find something like this. This is the truth. And this is how cloudy my judgment was for 10 years. Like you have to remember, I wasn't playing hockey for like eight years by this time. Right. So a lot had changed. And so I was walking and uh, all of a sudden, I swear to God, it was like, I started talking to myself, but it wasn't me. It was like, really? You're going to go steal a car right now? You you loser? Like, who are you? Like, what? Like, you're really going to go do this? Like, you're, and then, and then I'm starting talking to myself. I'm like, you're so much better. And I'm talking out loud. It's like 10, 30, 11 at night on this clandestine road to nowhere with no lights, pitch black. And it's like, and I'm start talking to myself. I'm like, you're so much better than this. Just turn around, go home. None of this has to happen. And so what I did, my friend was pleading with, was pleading with me, don't go, you don't need to do this stuff. And uh, I had coming back um, through the doors shortly after, about half an hour or whatever, and she just hugged me, she was so happy. But it was the next day uh, that I ended up putting my skates on again um, for the first time in, in years, because I live on a lake, um, and the lake was frozen. It was end of March. Uh, so I got out there because my old junior team, thank God for the Swift Current Broncos. Uh, they sent me a pair of $1,200 skates for free. Um, when I got out of jail, uh, as a, as a kind gesture. Um, and I hadn't put them on. Uh, I had them for a year and I didn't put them on. Um, finally, I put them on and I skated down. I skated down my driveway. It was ice. My driveway was ice. And I skated right down the driveway, um, right to uh, right onto the lake. And uh, three, about four days later, uh, I recorded the first episode of Hockey to Heroin, The Road to Recovery. Uh, and the rest is history. Um, and since then, you know, obviously, I, I've been clean for, I think, over seven months now. And, uh, yeah, like it's, it's been a ride, man. I could have never imagined like just that short period time ago, 
uh, I was ready to, to make those same horrible decisions. Um, and something came over me to turn around. Um, and it was like somebody guided me. It was like somebody pushed me into exactly what I needed to be doing. Um, and call it what you will. Um, people can say what they want or think what they want, but I was there, I experienced it and I'm still experiencing all the incredible things that are continually happening. Like I can't even tell you the things that have happened, man. Like right now, the reason why I'm on a train is because I was had to come down to Toronto because a couple people have decided to pool some money together uh, and get my teeth fixed. So right on. it's, it's, you know, they have $6,000 for me to get my teeth fixed. Um, you know, and so they, you know, I came down here, I had a consultation this morning and I come back in December to get my teeth because obviously I lost my teeth playing professional hockey and, but now living the life that I live, every time I look in the mirror, I look like a drug addict to me. I look like a drug addict because I don't have my teeth. And so people have been so unbelievably supportive to me not only with uh, mentally and emotionally, but um, financially, listen, like it's, I can't even tell you the amount, and it makes me feel awkward, like I'm not deserving of it or that that money could go to somewhere else. But I know that once I get myself, as soon as I get these teeth in, and as soon as I'm in a position to, to, to do something like that for somebody, you damn right, I'm going to do it. You know what I mean? And that is, that, that's my next goal is like to get to a point where I can give somebody teeth that needs teeth. Like, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. paying it forward. And, and well, think, what's you know, rad, just... you know, what's rad about everything you're saying is, is when we start making the right decisions for ourselves, um, people are more than willing to help us stay on that track. And, you know, for me, it, it you know, it's three rehabs that didn't do it you know uh, the cardiac unit that didn't do it i can't uh, not uh, i guess it was just like some like your situation i walked into the bathroom one day and looked in the mirror and went dude this isn't you like you're a social animal you are an active person and you are doing nothing if you want to die keep drinking if you don't let's get get our shit together and, and move forward and i never drank again and i was willing to do whatever it was i was just telling a friend another gentleman who has a show here at uh nrm uh tom mazaway i said you know when you get to that point if they would have told me you have to crawl on glass to antarctica in order to stay sober i would have been crawling on glass to antarctica because i got to a point where i was willing to do anything not to go through that hell again and and you have to get to that point and people who maybe have never experienced something like that um they can sit and talk with you and i and not say you know drop out druggy addict whatever they can hear the story and go holy shit i don't know if i would be able to do that and then there's a, a little bit of respect and they're willing to give you a hand um i want to ask where did you come up with the idea for the podcast dude so crazy, you know, I was, um, when I was behind bars, obviously I was, I started to write, uh, I love to write. Uh, I'm not the greatest writer, but people have heard some of my writing and, and people think it's all right. So I, I appreciate their, their kindness. Um, but it is, it's, it's actually not bad. Um, but I started writing a book called hockey to heroin and that was the name I came up with. And, uh, you know, I, I did a fair bit of writing while I was in there and, uh, you know, obviously, uh, it was a little bit about my hockey and it was just sort of scattered, just more or less journal entries and stuff of that nature. But 
I had this idea of a book and, you know, I, I got out and I just, I couldn't, I wanted to write a book, but just something I couldn't think of, like, what am I doing? Like, why am I going to write a book? I need to do something that, so I need to do something good. I need to, I need to like, before I write a book, there needs to be a, a little bit better ending, like not an ending, but maybe there'll be a part two to the book, but a better ending to, to why I'm writing a book. I'm not just writing a book because, Hey, I got out of jail and I'm doing okay. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> no, it's, it's, and I'm a pro- ex-professional hockey player and I'm, I'm struggling, but no, I wanted to be able to show people that, you know, you can do it. You can get out of any situation, uh, any hell that you're in. Uh, but you have to be willing to get honest, do the work and, 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 and hang on, man, because it's not easy. And, uh, it's, you know, the podcast, I really, honestly, I was listening to Joe Rogan's podcast all the time. And, uh, you know, I, I love podcasts. I think, you know, I don't really watch the news or I don't really watch TV. It's all documentaries. And and I love, and I listen to podcasts and that's what I do. And, you know, I just, I came up with this. I I remember I was listening to all things. I was listening to machine gun. Okay. Um, but, um, uh, I didn't know what I was going to do. And, the podcast was something that just came. I was listening to Machine Gun Kelly and uh, I looked at my girlfriend and I said, if I ever have a podcast, this would be the song I want to open to my podcast. And it was uh, 27 by Machine Gun Kelly. I don't know if you're familiar with the song, but there's a couple parts in the song and just, you know. And so if you listen to my first two episodes of the podcast, I actually use that song. Um, until I created a new intro and all that, but the very first two episodes of Machine Gun Kelly, and, and I said that to my girlfriend, uh, and then the next day, I ended up recording the very first episode uh, from her mom's car uh, <laughs> with her mom's laptop and no microphone, no nothing, um, and no idea of what it was going to be like, and uh, that was sort of the that was sort of the, uh, the goal for the first, you know, nine episodes, I guess, was there was no schedule or anything, but then I signed on with the hockey podcast network and, and, you know, I started to land some pretty big names. Um, one of them being our friend, Darren McCarty, and, and he, he's been a tremendous, um, friend. Um, cause I didn't know him before. Like he's not only did he come on the podcast, it's, that's nothing. The podcast is nothing compared to what he's actually done for me behind the scenes. Right. And, uh, yeah, attention, yeah, attention this, tell me to put my mask on, <laughs> but no, it's, it's, um, it's been, it's been great G and I've listen, I've been so, so lucky and I'm so grateful for every single thing that I have. And listen, I don't have a lot, you know, financially or, or anything. Um, I don't really have a lot, but I have so much, um, from looking, looking at me from the outside or looking at my bank account, you, you know, you would say that this is a guy that has a pretty sad life. Um, but I'm here to tell you that I have the most incredible life right now. Um, it's not exactly where I want it to be. I don't think anybody's is, 
but at the end of the day, I am not ruled. I am not ruled by my own mind and my own addiction anymore. And that to me, like I should rephrase that. I rule my own mind and I'm not ruled by my addiction anymore. And I'm not chasing, you know, different substances all around everywhere. It doesn't matter where I was. That was my entire um, existence was just, you know, getting money um, to buy drugs. That was my whole existence. Um, and it didn't matter. It got to the point where, like I said, it didn't matter what I needed to do to, to sustain my addiction. And I think you getting back to what you said about crawling on the ice to Antarctica, I think like there was a time where like every day I would have crawled on the ice on glass to get to Antarctica to get my drug. Right. Right. You're exactly right. And that that same driving force, part of the reason that we are here talking about it is because we get to a point where we have that same driving force to stay sober. And uh, looks like we might have a little bit of a connection problem for a second. But, um, you know, but Brady, what I realized what I. We got you back. Uh, It's froze up for a second, but Brady brings up such a great point. And he talked about Darren McCarty and that, you know, he's helped him. You know, he's been a guest on the show and and that. But it's bigger than that. Like, as we're sitting here talking, I'm thinking, you know what? He's only six hours away, you know, and once they open up the borders, I bet we end up hanging out and developing a friendship, a long term friendship. Because one thing in recovery is the friends that I have made, uh, there's it's a different kind of a friendship. You know, I just uh, sent uh, a guy that uh, I connected with on social media. Uh, He runs a thing called The Brotherhood out in Washington State. And he asked if I could send a couple autograph boards and stuff. And I I sent him out there to help him raise some money for the homeless. And um, the friendships are a little bit different, are a little bit different. You've heard me talk about my friend Higgy, and he's down in Florida. And we're friends to this day talking about bigger events. He runs no no more heroin dot org out of Florida. And the friendships that you end up developing are, are on a different level. But we got Brady back. Um, you know, I was talking about, you know, you, you brought up McCarty. And, and, you know, yeah, you know, he's been on my show too. But we've talked, the, the cooler thing is what we talk about off the air, you know. And yeah. I'm like, I'm already sitting here thinking, what well, shit, when they open up the border, you're only six hours away. That ain't nothing for me to jump in my car and drive six hours to hang out, you know. Uh, Absolutely, the fr- I love that. But the friendships we develop are, are, are so raw because we got nothing to hide from each other, man. <laughs> That's right. That's and it's so incredible. true. I love that. Yeah. I love that. That's a great way. I've never looked at it that way. And that's such a, you know, it's it's such a, it's a powerful statement. And, and I think, you know, people don't realize that, like, the majority of people go through their life um, wearing a mask just like this, but you can't see it. You know what I mean? Like, I know that I wore masks every single day, just like you talked about earlier. It was like, I needed people to tell me that I was good at hockey or, you know, um, tough or whatever for my own self-worth. And, and, you know, when I didn't have that, it was like, I just, I felt like I wanted to die. And, you know, so, so I think being able to, to, uh, honestly, I don't hide anything from anybody. And I think, you know, 
maybe it's to a fault in, in some sense. I need to hold back a little bit, but I think, you know, with the friendships that I'm developing, and I, I, I can already feel a connection with you, man. Like you're just that type of guy, that, that charisma, that, that people just gravitate towards. I mean, I can tell already, like, you know, you just, that's, that's why you're doing what you do. And that's why people look up to you. And that's why you inspire people the way you do. And you inspire me, man. Like I barely even know you and I want to know more. Right. So it's, 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 it's just about that though. It's about being able to find, Sorry, um, that that authenticity um, through through you know being able to be ourselves all the time um, when when people are around and when people you know because at the end of the day when I go to bed um, and if I'm by myself um, I don't feel lonely anymore. I used to feel like I needed to have people around me all the time and. But when I had those people around me, I didn't want them to actually know me. You know what I mean? It was like I wanted them around, but I didn't want them around for, for the right reasons. It was sort of like uh, you can understand. What I- yeah, it's you're exactly right, though. What you said is exactly right, and I know it broke up a little bit, but, you know, when I was drinking, I, I, I loved Batman at the time, and I'm like, because I'm two different freaking people. You know, in public, I'm this one guy, and as soon as I shut my door and shut off my phone, it's off to the races. I drink till I was blacked out drunk and try to do it again tomorrow and go and, 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 and put on this facade, and I was two different people. And when we can be the same person 24-7 and be empathetic to ourselves as well as others— it's a whole, it's a game changer, you know, and, and, and like it, when you and I sit down to have a cup of coffee, when we're, we'll laugh about stuff nobody else can laugh about because we can relate to each other a little bit on a different level. And it, it makes that bond a little bit more, uh, a l- little different than, than a normal friendship who maybe people haven't seen the darker sides of this world as, as you and I have. That's, that's just right. And, um, you know, um, or dudes, some of the, I never thought of dudes, these things that I did, but, um, like I said earlier, um, you know, aside from missing time with my kids, I don't think I would change, um, anything. I'm so, I feel, I really feel like I'm exactly where I'm supposed to be. And yes. now that I'm, and, and, and it's weird. Like now I'm looking back, I feel like all the places that I, that I have been to and the things that I've done were for good reason. And, and, and um, you know, that I'm coming up. Yeah. And to me, now I can just be like, man, that was a ride, but that's, that's the past. And now, you know, I surround myself with the right people. Um, I put the right things into my body, the right food, the right new garbage. I mean, food, just everything. Um, just being a little more mindful with how I spend my time, who I talk to, and what I'm doing has made the world a difference for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're coming down to the end of segment two, Brady, and I can't thank you enough, man. Um, I'm sure we're going to stay in touch. And, uh, 
and this is just the beginning of a lifelong friendship, my brother, and uh, and we'll probably do this again. And um, just thank you, so much. Time, thank you so much. Next time, I promise I'll be plugged in. No, uh, and we'll make time for it. I just this was a last minute scheduled trip, so I appreciate you having me on, G man. You're an inspiration. Uh, keep doing what you're doing, man. Uh, I look up to you, and, and I know so many other people do too. So I look forward to the day when we can finally get together, brother. All right, brother. Be safe, and I'll talk to you very soon. All right. I'll tell you what. This show, share it across the world. Across the freaking world. Because everybody needs to hear what you and I just listened to. Everybody has been affected by addiction some way. One way or another. And and Brady's story, uh, the last... If you didn't get goosebumps on the last 10 minutes, and I know it broke up a little bit, and I apologize for that, but that last 10 minutes, life-changing, life-changing. So let's, let's, let's make positivity and recovery go global because we can use it right now as much as any other time in this planet's history. I want to thank you guys for tuning in to this amazing episode of The Drop-In, and just like I said, share it across the world, and I, I can't thank you guys enough. Thank you, Brady. Um, safe travels and thank you guys I am Gerald Valley and this has been an incredible episode of the drop-in <laughs>